It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little chico pit boomer, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you can get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. And then Jack's like in the corner, like, uh, what's Jack doing? Look into my eyes and it's easy to see. Rock! Hello, everyone. Welcome back for a brand new edition of Collider Ladies Night. And I am here with one of the stars of Jumanji The Next Level. It's Karen Gillen. It's, I, I failed already. It's, it's not Karen Gillen. It's Garen Killen. Yes. On Ladies Light. That's it. This is Nady's light, and the feeling's bright. I'll take it. It works. <laughs> Are we in Florida? Oh my God. Wait. We're in the wrong body. 
My joints feel like butter. Oh, never. Lose myself. First off, I have to tell you that no junket will ever be the same after the Jumanji, the next level junket. Like, I think I you guys have ruined junketing for me because it's never yeah. going to be that good again. I think it's been ruined for all of us. So on any other movie, I'm going to be like, why aren't you playing any games with me? Where's the tequila? And why are we not in Mexico? <laughs> what were you guys doing while we were busy, like, bungee jumping and zip lining? Yeah, you guys were just bungee jumping. You should have come with us. I absolutely not. Would you, would you have done it? Never. No? No. When, when I heard that you had done it i was like you're amazing because i would ne- i can't even oh I, I can't think of anything worse do you have I, a fear ugh. of heights or anything would you not heights. i don't like a drop okay that's reasonable I, I, like when i was a child before i would get on roller coasters i would go up to the operator and be like excuse me and um, how many drops are in this roller coaster and he's like go away child <laughs> Do you go to any like amusement parks or any other kinds of rides now? Um, I do when my friends are, and I do like them. Okay. Um, I am quite scared to go on the Guardians of the Galaxy one, which was formerly Tower of Terror. Did you go on it? I did. When they had the big opening? I didn't. Oh, I don't so because that's fun. all that is is dropping. It's literally only dropping. It's it's not a real drop along the lines of a bungee jump drop. It like but it you know, feel like a it free drops fall. you a little, but then you kind of like slowly come up a little and then go back <gasps> down. And so then it's up. worse because it drops with anticipation in the middle. It's not that bad. Ugh. It's not that bad at all. One day I'll do it and I'll film it. <laughs> okay, I want to see that when it happens. <laughs> so on Collider, sometimes we play a filmmaking version of Would You Rather. I think we played at the Junket. But I do Brilliant. have another Junket-related question for okay. you. Would you rather do a Junket with a co-star who talks too much or not enough? Because like I've been on the, the receiving end of both of those things. You, Aquafina, and Jack Black just had... Pitch perfect chemistry for something like that. Yeah, I know. We actually had so much fun, all three of us. I'm actually about to sneeze. (laughs) Wait, I'm (laughs) (laughs) for real. Let her rip though. Don't hold it up. Oh, it's gone. (laughs) I would say I'm gonna go with someone who talks too much because I don't want to have to talk too much. I I sort of just get to the point quite quickly, and but then I you know I've been with actors and I'm not naming names who I, I think that they've finished talking but then they start up again so I'm always like and I would like to oh sorry okay and I, I keep on and I just I can't get the rhythm <laughs> I feel like even just sitting on the opposite side I have the same thing every once in a I while you just never know or yeah, when like someone's when like gonna... someone's like very breathy oh. but then they keep talking see like you just yes. don't know yeah and also <laughs> I feel for you guys on the other side when one person takes a really long time to answer a question and then your time is up and you haven't asked anyone else a question. As long as it's an answer of substance, though, I will take it. Yeah. <laughs> as long as the person ran with the question. Yeah. I have another junket-related question for okay. you. Ever since joining the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, are you ever not asked about Marvel in an interview setting? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it comes up in every single interview. So to continue that trend and not ruin it, when are you show <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 3? <laughs> Good. Nice. <laughs> that was what, nice. my, my one little dig. It's not going to happen again. I want to go back to the very beginning of your career because one of the things I like to ask about most is what was the film, the performance, anything at all that made you say, I got to get into the industry and do that? Oh, that's a good big question. I think the first film I can ever remember seeing was Little Shop of Horrors, which I thought was called The Plant because my dad had like recorded it off the TV and called it The Plant on a sticker that he put on the videotape. And so I was like, ah, The Plant's scary and Audrey's cool. And so I think that that really got me interested in films and musicals and things. Um, And then, you know, a lot of friends, a lot of friends. Up at the top of Scotland, it was like the dream life because they had 
loads of friends and they lived in New York and they all just had great lives. And I was like, I'm going to get that for myself. Oh, I'm so curious now. Coming from that, did you envision going to New York or to L.A. to hit it big? Because I'm a little partial to New York, even though I love L.A. right now. I might be a little partial to New York as well. Smart answer. I think, well, it's halfway home for me. Um, and it does, you can definitely feel that too. Um, LA is no bad place to live at all. It's a good quality of life. But like, I think I imagine living in New York, but in terms of making it, um, yeah, you would imagine that happens in Los Angeles. When you thought about making it and you pictured yourself mm -hmm. in Hollywood or wherever, how does that compare to kind of the career that you've led thus far? Did you picture yourself like, I'm going to be an action star, or I'm going to be in comedy, or anything like that? <laughs> Neither of those things. I grew up in Scotland studying Greek tragedies. <laughs> and also other stuff too, but like a load of stage stuff, really. Um, I did have ambitions to get onto screen, though not just stage, but like action stuff? No, I didn't think it was plausible for someone like me. I'm Wait, four strings of spaghetti running <laughs> around the moors of Scotland. I like, I, I just don't, I, I never thought that would happen. Um, and then when it started happening, I was like, I'm a full fraud and you're going to find out that I am terrible at this at some point. And now I'm not terrible at it anymore. I'm actually quite good at it. How many of your own stunts do you do in this new Jumanji movie compared to the first one? Do you do even more this time around? I definitely do more of my own stunts this time around. We, we had the team from Mission Impossible come on to the Jumanji Oh sequel. my God, your second unit director. Um, Wade why is his name? Yes. Yeah. That's very exciting. So I'm Tom Cruise level now. What can I say? <laughs> we have to find Spencer and Bethany. This next adventure is even more challenging. This time, not all of you will leave the game alive. You need to uh, run no a foot race jumps. with Tom Cruise. That's when you become official. A foot race? Yeah, you got to run him in a race. I mean... Tom Cruise running is like next level running. I feel like I can rival that run. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I've really thought about every, every finger placement, everything. You say it like a joke. I feel like finger placement is important. I'm saying it like a joke, but it was no joke. <laughs> you're I feel like you're supposed to run with your with your fingers out, I think, like to cut the air or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, it depends Versus on my like character. Fists? Nebula runs with straight hands out. But if you're a human, I'll just give it a gentle, okay. gentle curvage. <laughs> Nebula is basically like a machine, so she has to do everything like for peak efficiency. Exactly, exactly. Do you take any of Nebula with you? Like, do you have any like robotic qualities now that kind of mimic what you do when you play her? I think... Maybe I might tilt my head sometimes, which is something I developed on the first Guardians of the Galaxy, where she kind of just does a little, which just looks a lot better in the makeup than it does right now with my face, because I just look like a little dog. I will never forget seeing you in the makeup for the first time in person on the set of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and just doing oh, yeah. like a normal interview, like fully yeah, dressed ridiculous. as Nebula. And mm -hmm. we were like behind Dave in line on the, the, <laughs> the lunch line and he's just dressed as uh, Drax, just like getting food. Yeah, just shirtless and covered in things. Probably business as usual for you. Yeah, it becomes very normal, you know. Poor Dave, he has to get into a sauna at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. With, like, seven guys, and they all just get their shorts on, get sweating, and take that makeup off. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is a little convoluted, but I'm gonna try to get this across kind of clearly. So, when you're first starting out in the industry, I imagine it's 
almost like a feeling where you don't want to say no to anything so you yeah. can gain more experience, mm-hmm. especially when opportunities come your way. Yeah. But you want to start off your career building your resume in a way that kind of speaks to you with projects that mm-hmm. are important to you. So yeah. at the very beginning, did you have a tough time or how did you figure out how to find that balance between the two mentalities? It's true. You know, it's, you know, you, you need to get your foot in the door, but you don't want to go down an avenue that you didn't, you know, picture yourself going, uh, you know, so I think I definitely dabbled in some things that I didn't see for, in the long run. I mean, I, I auditioned for to be like an actor in the Chamber of Horrors uh, in London, which is like a, an experience where you jump out at people and you're one of the actors. And I didn't get it. Well, like, what kind of creature were you? Was it something like that? They said that my character was really weird and not working. So I don't know what I was doing. Like, basically everyone got a part in this. So I must have been really off to not get this. So I feel like what you should do in order to kind of like fulfill this yeah. this missed opportunity mm-hmm. is one day you should go to uh, the Halloween Horror Nights folks and you should ask them to yes. like dress you up one night and just give I just it a go. Give me that opportunity. <laughs> it looks like so much fun to me. I mean, I would love that. I actually went to that Haunted Hayride thing. Haunted Hayride is great. And I was looking at all the actors and I was like, you know what? These characters are better than what I did in that room that day. So you're not a fan of big drops, but you will take the thrill of like a haunted house type experience. Yeah, and I really, really like buy into it as well. Like there's a lot of screaming happening. Okay. As long as it's one or the other, I'm cool with that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Just going back to the beginning again, just with the idea of auditioning too, because Mm -hmm. I think it's beneficial for just about anyone out there, no matter what field they're in, to hear Mm -hmm. about, you know, someone's experiences of failure and how they overcome it. So Mm -hmm. you don't get an audition. What's the quickest way you could find to kind of snap out of it, kind of give yourself that boost to carry on and go for another project? I think you just, it's all in your mental state. You know, if somebody said to you, you're going to get everything that you're aiming for in five years, right? You would just kind of relax a little bit and be like, okay, it doesn't matter about that audition. So you kind of have to adopt that mindset because that is true belief in yourself. And I think that luckily I was born with that. But I do think that you can acquire that through sort of just really um, being mindful of it and being positive and, and just sort of really believing in yourself because you have to before everybody else is going to. What was the very first time you were flat out offered a role where you didn't have to audition for it? Ooh, uh, it must have been. So I started on a TV show in the UK called Doctor Who. Never um, heard of it. No, that little <laughs> random time travel show. Um, and I think after that, I maybe got some offers, but nothing huge, maybe mm-hmm. like independent films, things like Was that. Was Doctor Who kind of the uh, like the breakout role for you in terms of, because, you know, it's one thing to sit there and say, look, I want to be an actor. I'm going to work mm. really hard for it. It's another to really believe that it's going to be a real career for mm. you. Was that the role that kind of shifted that mentality at all? Um, again, going back to the mentality, I already had that mentality, which is, that's why I keep reinforcing this. If you have that, then you're, you're likely to do it. It's a mind, it's a state of mind. Um, and so, uh, I already had that, but that definitely reinforced it for me. Who encouraged you to have that kind of state of mind? Like as a kid growing up, where do you get that from? What's the source? I think my dad. I think that's where it came from. But neither of my parents ever expressed doubt when I said, I want to be an actress and I want to do this. They weren't like, oh, it's a tough career. They were like, go for it. And so for me, I was like, this is plausible and achievable. They think it is. I think it is. And then my dad would talk to me about how much drive it would really take to, for someone like, you know, or 
I don't know, the Beatles, for example, they had, you know, John Lennon was incredibly driven, random example. <laughs> um, you know, so the he Beatles like, is never a bad example. No, I know. And I hope you don't think I'm comparing myself to the Beatles <laughs> because that that's a catastrophe. <laughs> um, but no, you know, he, he talked to me about how much drive it w- was required in order to get that far with your career. And so I kind of learned about drive and I was like, oh, I wonder if I have that. I remember asking that, like, do I have drive? And then somehow I think that just making me aware of it kind of gave me a lot of it. I think. This might be making you repeat the same answer, but coming from that kind of background and just with the mentality you seem to have, for mm. someone out there who maybe is just starting as an actor, what, yeah. what advice would you give them? I mean, mind state is everything. I mean, you know, you can walk into a room and have the attitude of, I'm going to get this and this is my time and how can you help me do what I need to do? Or you can walk in the room and be like, how can I please you? Oh, God, I probably won't get this, you know, and there's a huge difference there. Um, Also, I would say you have to have that mind state, but you have to be incredibly proactive and work really hard and create opportunities for yourself and be self-generating. I can't emphasize that enough because people aren't just going to be like, here, have all the jobs. You Mm -hmm. have to really go after it and eventually it'll start coming back and paying dividends. I like all that advice, whether it's for acting or really like for any, anything, anything yeah. you're into. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did Jumanji come about for you? The original one, is that something you auditioned for? Did they kind of fit you into the, the other three and think mm. that you were the right fit for that? You know, no, it was just a, a normal audition. Like they didn't have me in mind or anything like that. I remember getting the audition on the day I wrapped on Guardians of the Galaxy huh. Volume 2. And I was like, oh, done it and had a glass of wine. And then ping, <laughs> audition for Jumanji. And I'm like, I love the original. So I was like, oh, this is so exciting. What were you picturing when you got that ping as a fan of the original? Because I am a diehard fan of that 1995 movie. And when I first heard about this, yeah. I'm like, uh-oh, I don't know how you're going to do this. Especially when I first heard about the video game idea. I'm like, yeah. I don't think this is going to work. You're taking away the texture of the one I love, mm. which yeah. is, isn't true in the end. Run! It's a stampede! It's a game! Well, no, I, I kind of had a similar reaction. I was like, I, I, what are you going to do with my Jumanji? I love this film. And why are you remaking this of all things? Like the reaction that I think everybody had. And then I read the script and I was like, oh, this is going to be really good. And this group of people working on it are so talented. It's in safe hands. And then I was like, oh, I have to get this. This makes all the sense in the world for me. And so please let it happen. Do you remember what you had to do in the audition? Yeah, I had to go in. And read like three scenes with Jake, the director and the casting directors. And um, I remember distinctly everyone was dressed in the outfit or like variations of the outfit. And I didn't because I was like, it's kind of very Martha to not want to wear that. And so I remember thinking that's like a different choice where I'm not dressed as as Lara Croft. (laughs) What was it like the first time all four of you were in costume and you were kind of standing there together? Because that image of all Mm. four of you is like it's a powerful shot. I remember that moment, actually, because we were doing a screen test and the director just stood back and he was like, whoa, you all look amazing together. And I've been picturing this for months and you could just feel the electricity like we were making something really cool already you feel it yeah, you definitely feel, there's yeah. something about seeing all four of you together in those outfits and knowing that your avatars that kind of encourages almost like a 
like maybe I would describe it as like a wish fulfillment thing. Like you yeah. would want to play along and which one would be yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, totally. I like that it's kind of feeling. wish fulfillment, yeah. Uh, backtracking just a little bit, when you, I guess, got the role and you first found out you were mm. going to be starring opposite Kevin Hart, Dwayne Johnson, Jack Black, mm. you worked with so many wonderful people, big yeah. stars that we're very familiar with, but was there an intimidation factor or was there any one of the bunch you were most nervous to work with? Oh, God, complete intimidation yeah, there's three giant movie stars. And I've worked with giant movie stars before, but never in a sort of equal parts capacity, you know? So this was my first time having to step up to that position. And I was definitely the newbie and not everyone knows who I am, you know? So it was like uh, really intimidating, but they were so supportive and they really kind of made it a lot easier for me than it could have been. Um, But also... Everyone else had just been offered their roles, obviously. I auditioned so many times and did a big screen test in Hawaii. I'd done everything. So there was also a comfort to knowing that I had earned that role. I had really worked hard and they knew what I was going to do with it. So there was, that was kind of nice. I still kind of can't believe you had to audition for the role. For whatever, from the outsider's perspective, mm-hmm. it's like you see Guardians and you're like, oh, this makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> It was like well, it, was, it was meant to be. Um, so, all right, so, someone behind the camera there is going to get mad at me, but I want to play a little game with the three of them. So we were yes. trying to think of, you know, three different things. And obviously, fuck, Mary kill came up. Came up. So okay. if you had a sort, Kevin, Dwayne, oh, and Jack, you could do it really, really quickly. I have a backup version that's a little more PG. <laughs> Yeah, what's the backup version? <laughs> so the backup version is like a movie, a movie version uh, to have a fight scene with, a cry scene with, oh. or an improv scene with. A fight scene with, a cry scene with, and an improv scene yes. with. Okay. From the cast of Jumanji. Yes. Okay, improv scene with Kevin Hart, because he improvises okay. all the time. He's a stand-up comedian. Of course he does. Um, cry scene, and what was the other one? Fight scene. Fight scene. I'm fighting The Rock. I had a feeling you were Dwayne that. Johnson against me. <laughs> He's going to lose. And then I'm going to cry with Jack Black. Okay. Yeah. I, I would probably have predicted that. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very nice no pivot shockers. from an inappropriate question to a much better one. <laughs> Which is, who out of the cast I, would you have sex I with? I could not help it. We were talking about it yesterday, and the person I was going over it with is like, you don't have the nerve, but now I have proof. I who did. Do you I think tried. I would choose is the question. I can't not. I see. I feel uncomfortable <laughs> even answering that, so I'm not going really to do deflected it. I'm back not going to push it on you. <laughs> um, another thing I'm dying to ask you about is your interest in working behind the scenes as well, because there's oh, nothing yes. that excites me more than somebody working in the film industry who has experience and know-how in so many different departments. So, at what point did you realize, you know, you want to make your own movies too? Well, when I was a kid, um, my parents gave me a video camera and I would make horror films all around my house in Scotland. So I have like a million follow-up questions. <laughs> like, I'm kinda, I just I'm saw you like off, overload with questions. Everyone out there knows like horror is my genre. I, is fre- I freak out with horror. I mean, What's your favorite? I, really, one of the first things I vividly remember you in is Oculus. And I'll oh, never yeah. forget my first South by Southwest film festival mm-hmm. is when I saw Oculus and the first time I met Mike Flanagan. That's and right. That movie I just made me too. so happy. favorite of all time though is Scream. Scream! Yes. I love Scream too. That's really up there for me. It makes me so happy. Is it so meta? It's aware of itself. It's funny. Exactly. It's scary. It's how, everything. How do you feel about the possibility of getting another Scream movie? Would you rather see them do a Scream 5 mm-hmm. or completely reboot the franchise? 
I do like a bit of Nev Campbell. If they're going to reboot that franchise, I'm going to need Nev in the mix. Yeah. She might not need to be Sydney Prescott, but she needs to be in the movie. Otherwise, it's not Scream. Nev Campbell, David Arquette, and Courtney. I feel yeah. like I'm just describing uh, Scream 4 all over again, but yeah. I would like to see that. <laughs> Going back to your horror films, though, yes. what, like, what kind of horror movie were you making as a kid? Was it what, paranormal? Was it slasher? It was slasher, because I grew up watching Scream, and I know what you did last summer, and those like process of elimination <laughs> teen horror films. And so I played, I would be in it and direct it and write it. And I was this killer with long blonde hair. You who, were the killer. I was the killer. Wow. Also, and I'd take a knife out and, and I was like this nice girl during the day. And at night I would go out with my blonde wig on and murder people with my knife. Um, and then I murdered my dad in the horror film, oh which is God. crazy in hindsight. But he had a really good time and he was my favorite actor to cast. And he can do a convincing death scene. And so I was like, this is your moment, dad. Do you still have any of these anywhere? Is there like archival footage? Somewhere. I don't know where, but I, I think I can find it when I go home to Scotland. I would love to I'm going to put it on Instagram day. if I do. So you have that interest when you're younger mm-hmm. and then, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but then you get into acting and you start yeah. to make a career for yourself there. At what point in your acting career do you realize you kind of want to make that pivot? And is there mm-hmm. any concern that, oh, if I start pursuing directing, then what if I leave acting behind and lose opportunities? Um, I think it probably came about when I was 24 and I was just finishing on Doctor Who and I started writing the script, um, which became the film The Party's Just Beginning, which was my directorial debut. And then I just decided I wanted to direct it. and I don't remember the actual moment when that happened. But then I started making short films and completely fell in love with it. Um, I was like, oh, this feels like a whole part of myself that I haven't really explored but it's something that I like really need to do even having worked on some big projects what Mm. was the one thing about directing your own movie whether it was a short or your first feature Mm. that really surprised you I think I don't know if there was any surprises it it surprised me how natural it felt like I thought I was going to be more overwhelmed or freaked out but I was like calm and and felt at home and was like oh this feels like exactly right not to say that there wasn't challenges there were daily challenges but like it just didn't feel too stressful or anything like that um and also I just loved the freedom that it gave me like to express myself in this whole way that I haven't before whatever the first short you made was did you Mm -hmm. act in that as well no I didn't no I cast my friend Rose McIver of eyes on be fame uh in that good friend to cast I know she was amazing in it um and then I made that short um and then I made another short that I was in as well as directing and that was really fun but I think next time I need to not be in it oh really is that from your your experience directing the feature yeah just because I love to be behind the monitor and you know to really look at the composition of the shots and really see what's happening and I had a very much, I, you know, I was in control of what the film looked like, but just to not be able to obsess over the visuals as much as I wanted to was annoying for me. Are you the kind of director that wants to do as many takes as possible, or are you yeah. kind of, you know, I know when I get it and I'm ready to move on? Um, well, I know that I have restrictions that I need to stay within time-wise and budget-wise, but if I can push it, I'm going to keep going to get it. Right. But when we've got it right, I I feel very confident. Then I'm like, okay, we can move on. But I don't stop until we get it. Okay. 
That probably a smart move. You want to be confident in the shot at the end. No, yeah, <laughs> because you know they try to to move you on a lot. You know, so you really have to fight to just keep going sometimes. Can you tell me about the choice to run with uh, the parties just beginning for your first feature? Because I'll be completely honest, I didn't do any reading on it other than the mm-hmm. fact that you directed it. And for whatever reason, I jumped into it assuming, I don't know why I thought this, but that it would be like a party comedy. <laughs> and it's it's not that at it's all. Not. It's it's very, very heavy material. Mm-hmm. And at least from my perspective, it seems like that would be a very intimidating first feature. Boy, you're a mess. I wasn't always like this. It's coming up for a year now. to California! Get a massive fridge! A therapist! Yeah, to Lucy. Yeah, in hindsight, I agree with you. <laughs> At the time, I was just like, it just flowed out of me. I was 24 when I wrote that. It was based on the suicide rates in the Highlands of Scotland, where I'm from. They're really high. And I always knew I wanted to write something about that because it's beautiful up there. It's a really nice existence. And I'm like, why is this happening? And so this film is me exploring that, really. So when you come up with an idea like that and you write the script, who's the first person you go to to tell that person, like, I'm ready to make this, let's do it? Um, You know, the first person I think I maybe showed it to was Mike Flanagan. That seems like the right person. Yeah, because I was filming Oculus at the time. And then he read it and he was like, you should make this. And I know who you should make it with. And here's a producer. She's coming in right now. And he uh, set me up with my producer, Mally Elfman. And Oh, so my then, God. Uh, fun size horror. Exactly. Oh, you directed a piece of one of them, yes. right? Okay. That was us practicing for the feature. Huh. Yeah. I love the sound of that. Yeah. And you're making another short now, right? So I just made another one before we shot Jumanji earlier this year um, to scratch that edge before I disappeared into two films. So I uh, made that and it's taken me nine months and I'm not finished. You, you're that's finished worse when you're ready to be finished. I feel like that's the most empty comment to say because I've felt that, you know, the finish line keeps extending and getting further and further because you know. could keep tweaking. And- well, that's what I'm doing. Also, I've been busy on the film, so it's not as if I've just been obsessing over this one thing. However, I'm so glad I'm taking all this time because we've found some really cool, interesting choices through how that. How do you think your directing experience has changed how you work on set as an actor? I think I just understand what the directors are after a bit more. I understand their motivations for why they might be asking me to do something. And therefore, I can make it really a lot quicker for them because I'll be like, oh, that's, you need this, right? Because of that. And they're like, yeah, great. <laughs> and the flip side, is there any specific element of filmmaking that you're dying to learn more about? I think editing. That would be the top choice for me because, I, because I'm really hands-on in the edit. Like one frame more, oh no, I was wrong, back one. No, it was too forward. It's just like painstaking. It would be so much easier to just be like, (laughs) done. (laughs) Understandable there. With all of the incredible directors, Mike Flanagan and Jay Kasdan included, that you've worked with, who do you think as a director you've benefited from observing the most while you're on set of their movie? I don't know if I could choose one. You could choose many. (laughs) Well, they're all amazing. I've been so lucky with the directors I've worked with. I mean... Top, top of the industry. It's you work with so many people with such unique styles. I and I mean, I feel like that yeah. can only help in every single respect. Yeah, it's true. And everyone has their own little way of doing things that's so interesting and helpful. Like Mike Flanagan was an editor first. So yes. he really shoots to the, the way he's going to edit it, which is a time saver. And then, you know, 
James Gunn is one of the most performance-friendly directors I've ever worked with because he's so free and he just speaks to you over a microphone. He's like, do another one, do it funnier, do it sadder, do it regretful. Okay, one for you, fun run. And it's just like you don't even have time to overthink it. You're just fun in it run. and doing it. Fun run, you can do whatever you want. I don't care what that applies to. I'm just going to use that phrase from now on. <laughs> well, actually, I took the fun run into my film, which is a serious film, but I would be like after every take, um, okay, this one's for you. It's a fun run. Do whatever you want. You don't have to say the lines. You don't have to do anything that we've worked on. Just do whatever comes naturally to you. And the film is mainly constructed of fun runs. Huh. I love the sound of that. I don't know what it's going to do for any of our shows, but we're having fun runs all the time now. All yes. right. <laughs> I got the wrap-up sign, sadly. But we like to end these episodes of Ladies' Night with some rapid-fire collider random questions. Okay. And I think I've got five for you here. Let's what is go. your onset vice? I think they were stripped away from me on Jumanji oh. because of that outfit. But I would say it's M&M's. Oh, such a good vice to have. What's the last show you watched a full season of? Unbelievable on Netflix. Oh, I need to or get to that. Or Love Island. Have you seen that? I, I'm aware of Love Islands because a friend Don't, of mine does the, the hosting of that. Oh, you're going to lose your life to I this know, thing. I I've heard of it. Save yourself. <laughs> I'm in big trouble. What is your best celebrity impression? I like to just do um, requests. I don't have one. So Can I make one a, request? Yeah. Can I get a little bit of Dwayne, a little bit of Kevin, and a little bit of Jack? That was three requests, but I feel like okay. we've got to work them in here. Here I go. Dwayne, oh, I just wanted to be able to say thank you. There's a lot of mana in the room. And then Kevin comes in the door. What the hell? I'm sorry. <laughs> and then Jack's like in the corner like, uh, what's Jack doing? Look into my eyes and it's easy to see. Rock! So basically, Jumanji 3 is just going to be you playing all four roles. That's right. That's what me and the studio are talking about. I'm totally open to that. All right, last question for you. What is your biggest fear overcome? What is my biggest fear overcome? Overcome. A fear that you had, whether it's something movie-making related or anything else that you have overcome recently. Maybe presenting awards. That really freaks me out. Okay. Because I'm not a TV presenter. Like you, I, I don't understand how you can do that. I schwitz every single time I do something like schwitz. that. Schwitz, I like that word. Uh, Yiddish, I can't help it. I like it. <laughs> okay. What is the last thing you presented? I think it was a... People's Choice Awards. Cool. cool. Oh my God, it's so scary because like you're reading this thing and you're like, this is just. I don't know why because I don't have any emotions to channel the energy into. You're just kind of just this thing, just exposed, <laughs> standing there. See, that's when you have to use the mentality you were talking about at the beginning of the episode. You have your confidence and you present that award. You're absolutely right. You got this. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, Karen. Thank Big you. Congratulations on the movie. Everybody out there, Jumanji: The Next Level in theaters nationwide on December 13th. Check it out. Also, hey, why don't you watch me bungee jump? Because that was incredible and a thing I'm never going to forget. Thanks to these guys right here. Thank you so much for watching this edition of Collider Ladies Night. Like and share this episode before you leave, and we'll see you soon with more. This is Nadie's Light, and the feeling's right. This is Nadie's Light. Oh, what a light, oh, what a light. That's going to be copied and pasted on every <laughs> single episode. <laughs> Little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. 
I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.